Welcome on into the 2-3 Podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach. Episode 4 of Season 2, a learning lesson edition. Learning lesson is a good way to put it. Kind of feel like we're in an episode of Groundhog's Day right now. Feels a lot like last year. Feels like there's an episode very similar to this. For any for anyone who's listening to us for a while, we literally have the same episode slid for you. And uh, ouch, again. Yeah, yeah. It's that was rough against Colgate. I don't know. I'm not too surprised by the outcome, but I was definitely more confident going into this than I probably should have been. Zach, this is a new team, as we very well know, that has been the head storyline. This year, going into this game, Colgate is a very experienced team, and they showed it. They were very, very good in this matchup. No, they're fantastic, and they've I mean, they've solidified themselves as a, a great program. You know, they've been to three out of the last four tournaments. They're you know having good recruits. They're 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 a great program, well coached, and they they've proven that they're a foe to uh, take seriously. So. Colgate's on the map the second year in a row, and we got to give them the respect they deserve. In the press conference afterwards, Jim made the declaration that Colgate's going to be going to the tournament very, very easily. They're going to win the Patriot League. If you look at the Patriot League, which I don't suggest you do because there's not too many good teams in it, but Colgate is definitely the front runner in that, and it's very, very clear why they are. I mean, the the veteran leadership in that team is second to none, and... Uh, When you got a player like Tucker Richardson, who had a very special night against Syracuse, you can see why that program is so uh, highly touted amongst the uh, basketball faithful. Yeah, hats off to Tucker. Got to give credit where credit's due, and he had a fantastic night. I mean, regardless of our struggles on our end and things we could fix, he had a special night, and he was this. He was he he couldn't miss. It was insane. He he was he really couldn't. He was swinging it and making them all. He, he I don't know. He he gave me some buddy vibes of you know of uh you know tourney vibes. So uh, hats off to him. Eight for thirteen from three. He scored thirty points in total, and this kind of leads to uh, what we want to talk about next, Zach. And uh, it was a defense. I mean, he carved up that defense. The whole offense, the whole Colgate offense, just absolutely carved us up. And uh, you could see the inexperience out there for sure. There were so many mismatches. They were getting open looks. It was not pretty. Yeah, they came in with a plan and they ex- executed perfectly. They missed their first few just based on, you know, chance. But after that, it was open season and they ended up scoring 19, which is matching a school all-time record. And last year they had 18 on us. It. So it's it's just, it's just business for them at this point. They, they just know how to make threes on us. Even with the different difference looks that we put on them this year, they're still came in and credit to the credit to the uh, the coaching and their their plan because they came in and they executed like to a T. Yeah, they really did. I want to. Uh, unfortunately, I need to point out one person in particular. Uh, Jim in his press conference said Chris was just standing there. That's why he only got what eight minutes in the game. He didn't really do much. There were a lot of holes in the defense. He wasn't getting to his matches he, or getting to his spots. Um, he was not matching up with guys. I mean, he was just, he, he looked like a lost man out there. And at some point, Zach, you got to wonder, you know, what, what do you do with them? I mean, it seems like with the freshmen out there, they're just kind of slowly getting into the system. But I would think that at this point, 
you kind of need them to step it up and and be like, you know, start to start to figure, figure things out here. Yeah, I mean, Chris's leash has slowly been getting smaller and smaller each game we go on here. So it's only a matter of time before he's right on Jim's, you know, lap, essentially. So <laughs> on the bench is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> So unfortunately, Chris has not really been able to get it going. He only played eight minutes against Colgate, and it's it's not looking pretty for him. And I mean, obviously, he's still learning, and there'll always be a valid excuse for all these young guys still learning the system and playing in college. But it's it's just like little things too, and like for for Jim to say he's just standing there, it's it's fortunate because there were times it felt like he was just standing there, and you just mm-hmm. can't ever be caught looking like you don't know what's going on or like not being active enough. And there's times he was just not active enough and that led him to finding a seat on the bench. Well, when you're not working on things that you practice all the time, I'm sure that they're practicing the defenses. Obviously the man to man is new for the program, but it's not going to be new for the freshmen because they're coming in. This is their first year. So I feel like, you know, if the veteran guys can do it, if they can lead out there, if, if you know, they can, hopefully like coach these kids around because it was just, it was not pretty Colgate shot 45% from the field in the first half. And there was no stopping that three, Zach. It was just constantly raining threes. And like you said, it was basically groundhog day. And it was basically what we were living last year where they were just constantly splashing threes. There was just no stopping it at all. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate that they got us just as bad as they did last year. I mean, obviously the only thing the only benefit from this year is they didn't score 100 points on us, so at least they can't say that. But other than that, they 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 took it. He they took it to us, and they they got us good. And there's no way around that they had our number, and they they just got us. I don't I don't really know what, what to say other than that. I don't think that there's ever been a time. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong, which I usually am. But I don't think that there was a time, Zach that I remember at least I'm looking at the box score right now. Colgate shot 48.7% from three 46.7% from the field. I don't remember the last time a team shot a higher percentage from three than they did from the field. That's insane to me. That is so ridiculous how well they were shooting. And it just goes to show they were, they were hot and you absolutely could not stop them. Yeah, I mean, round that up to 50% because that's what it was. Every yeah. every other shot was going in. And there's other there was a few shots, too, that were bouncing up off the backboard and going in. They just had that lucky bounce. So they were hot. Cam, it kind of felt like the yeah, the basketball hoop you have in your driveway where anything's going in. They were shooting on your uh, – I was thinking about doing that. I'm like, they were literally shooting on your hoop. <laughs> my, uh, my hoop in my driveway has uh, gone from 10 feet when we moved into that house uh, 12 years ago to – gone down slowly to probably like nine feet at this point if I can dunk on it it's definitely like around the nine foot mark but it's slowly gone down we've got a friend who uh, lived across the street from me and you definitely remember this Zach he would constantly dunk on the thing and it basically bent the rim broke the rim pretty much so yeah it was it was a very friendly role a very friendly uh uh, hoop for the away team, which you don't really see that often because normally Zach teams are coming in and shooting in the dome and they can't really aim and everything, but they were, they were totally fine out there. No, they felt comfortable. Like from the, from the second the game started, they came in, it was clear they had a plan. 
they were definitely had the confidence coming in after the after the beat us last year. They were not afraid of us. They, you know, a lot of those players returned like they've been in the dome before. They beat us in the dome before. So there was no there's no you know look of scared or anxiety at all. They were confident and it showed. They they played well and they stuck to their plan and and they got us. There was definitely a question, Zach, that we had brought up uh, talking about the effort that was out there. I don't want to say that it was a lack of effort, but it definitely seems as though everybody's just kind of slow out there on defense, especially. It seems like on offense, there's no flow to it. It's not structured. They're just kind of running around. And listen, I'm sure Jim has a, a game plan when he goes into each of these games. I, I'm I'm in fact, confident that he does, but it doesn't seem like there's one out there. At least it doesn't seem like the players are really following that game plan. Yeah, I think the effort felt like a little lackluster at times. And, there, you know, there's clips that you can look at. And you know, if you if you focus on certain players, you can see times where like, you know, obviously this is like very nitpicky, but there's times where like people are very slow to close out. People are very slow to get back on defense, you know, on turnovers and stuff like that. And it's just like, Obviously, you're looking at it through a lens, but when you look at it, you just you don't love to see that. Like effort is so big, and effort goes a long way in sports, and especially in basketball. And that low extra effort to run back on defense and to be there, you know, because there's times where people miss, you know, a breakaway layup, and then if you're back, you get that board, and all is well in the world. You you turn it around and you start your offense up. But if you, you know don't run back and then they get three offensive rebounds and then make a layup anyway, then it's like, okay, like that's objectively yeah. worse. So yeah, I don't really know what's going on with the effort there. I mean, some of these are just like freshman mistakes or what, I don't really know what you chalk it up to, but there is like a little bit of an effort thing going on here. Um, I, I just think we need to feel that effort like through the TV screen. Like we want to see you really, going at it every single play and going 110%. I think that would be that'd be really great to see. Right before we hit record, you and I had a great conversation about the lack of grit that's out there, the lack of physicality. We need somebody like a Tyus Battle or a Frank Howard that's going to be out there doing the dirty work, getting the buckets, getting the momentum back in our favor. We're not seeing that from the last four games that we've seen from this group. They're young. They're still trying to find their personality out there. But right now, we're not seeing any of that like grit. We need an enforcer out there. We do. We, we, need, we need someone in the trenches. We need someone in there, you know, getting dirty and doing, you know, the dirty work. And we're not really seeing that. And that kind of leads to like, we don't really have someone out there like leading this team. It feels like we don't really have someone yeah. that's vocalizing and um, like we have people showing their presence, you know, and, and playing well and contributing offensively, but it just doesn't feel like we have true leadership out there, which is concerning early on here. Look, we joke all the time that we need, you know, that, that you know, Cole Swider was Captain Cole, but in all seriousness, we need a Captain Cole out there. We need somebody who is clearly the front runner for leading this team. I don't want to put too much on Joe. Because I know that he is in his lane. He plays his game. But you kind of look to him to be the leader out there. He's the one with the most experience on the court. 
And you're not seeing that from him. You're not seeing like he's just not that kind of player. So who do you get it from? Do you get it from Jesse? I don't think you're going to get it from Benny because he's way too young. Are you going to get it from Cy when he comes in? I look at the whole roster, Zach, and I can't point to anybody right now that could be the clear front runner for being captain so-and-so. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Cy has, has shown the best glimpses of being a leader and having the potential to, to provide good leadership to this team and has provided good leadership to this team. But that is difficult from being on the bench to start the game and coming off the bench during the game. But I, I do think it comes down to a starter. We need someone who's starting the game, who's getting majority of minutes, to be a leader and to, to command and direct this team. And you'd like to look at look at a vet like JG3 or Jesse or even Benny, you know, being, you know, someone with experience returning for his sophomore season. But it's just hard to make someone who they aren't. And a lot it feels like in a lot of ways especially someone like JG, G, JG3 and, and Jesse, they are just aren't that type of guy, it seems like. We don't really see that. We haven't seen them from them yet. I mean, maybe they can blossom into that through, throughout this year, especially if the team demands it. But overall, like, you can't really force someone to be a vocal leader. And it, it's just, you can't force it. It needs to be a little bit natural. People need to, like, like naturally gravitate towards it. So it is a tough task but we definitely need a leader and hopefully they can find one. That is such a good point that you can't make somebody into like something that they're not. And I think that the leader of this group is going to come from somebody that's in the starting lineup. I I, I really don't mean to bash Benny, but it's, I, I'm almost confident it's not going to come from him because he's already trying to deal with, you know, working on his stuff and what he's got to do. You got to have somebody out there who's got the game figured out, who's got this team figured out, and they've got to be in that starting spot because otherwise, I mean, you can lead from the bench. That's great. And Cy does a fantastic job of that. But at the end of the day, you need somebody out on the court right from the get-go leading the charge. People might argue that Judah could become that. And you could also argue that maybe he's one of the best scorers out there on the court. But that's not what we're saying. We need somebody that's going to do the dirty work out there. And like you like you just said, I mean, you're not going to make a player into something that they're not. And JG3 is just not that kind of player. No disrespect to him. He's a great shooter. He's a great player overall, but he's just not that kind of guy. I feel like you probably need to look to like Jesse. I think that if you look at the starting lineup, he's the one that's going to have the most to offer when it comes to that sort of position. I mean, maybe he can do it. I have no idea. I, I don't know about you, but I haven't really seen too many like leadership moments from him. I've seen the grit, but I haven't really seen the leadership from him. Yeah, so this is a challenge to Jesse, to JG3, to anyone else who's totally listening to this podcast. You know, find your leader. Figure out who who, who you can trust. Figure out who has the right mentality and 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 follow them and, and and figure out who that can be and I think that would really change this team and just I, I mean I think it will kind of blossom over time as well it kind of be naturally naturally happen but I do think just from a camaraderie from a you know synergy standpoint having a true leader will will be total game changer for this team I do want to just mention one more thing I'm sure that in practice somebody has emerged as a leader 
during practice when 90% of your effort is going to, and then the remaining 10% is the games that we are seeing. I want to see that. I want to see who out on the practice court is, is the leader out on, you know, Jim Beheim court. I want to see that. And I've heard that it's Cy. I've seen in like a couple of the promo videos that it's Cy. But unfortunately, you're not going to be able to see that too much when he's on the bench. And that's not any disrespect to Jim. You know, we can start this whole argument about who should start, who shouldn't start. But at the end of the day, we need to see somebody out there that's actually leading the group. And uh, we're just not seeing it right now. So I want to move on, Zach, to the game that, you know, we're we're talking about. Uh, I just want to bring up one more thing about the defense. I mean, we tried different variations of the zone. We tried man. It, it just, it was not working out there. And, and Colgate, again, credit where it's due, was just carving up basically anything that we threw out there. Yeah, I mean, credit to, to Jim and the team for trying different things. You know, we, we saw some 1-3-1 one, one out there. We saw some 2-3. We saw some man-to-man. So we were trying things. I mean, nothing was like terribly effective. But we were trying things, which I guess I think does deserve some credit. You know, if we flash back to a year ago, same thing happened where they shredded the 2-3. That was exclusively 2-3, though. And back then we were saying, or people were saying that, you know, we just don't have the athleticism, you know, in the zone. Everyone's too slow and doesn't have the athleticism to be effective. But now we're in a position where we have some young athleticism in our team, but we're still getting shredded, which I guess now you can... The excuses were young. We're still figuring things out. But I don't know. Colgate's really figured this out, and they've shown it now two years in a row. I want to ask you a, maybe a little bit of a difficult-to-answer question, but looking at our roster overall, what do you think, what variation of defense do you think best fits us? What have you seen the most uh, productivity from? I mean, it's... I honestly feel like majority of the time we've we've been in a man to man. I mean, maybe a little bit more this Colgate game we were two three, but it was just such a hard game to look at any def- defensive positives that it was like unfair for any defense to look at in a critical way like that. So it's it's really tough because like that first game we played man to man, like we were talking about the first episode there, like sixty seven percent of the game. So it's, I don't know, we're definitely doing different things. And I think I I really do credit Jim to like, you know, changing the script a bit this year and opening the door for new possibilities. I know a lot of people are still upset that they're not, he's not doing what they think he should do, which is whatever, but he is changing things. You know, two years ago, people would not believe he would even like try going to man-to-man in an actual game. And here we are trying man-to-man, trying one-three-one you know, a little bit of two, three as well. So working it, I don't think we found the defense we're most effective at yet. Um, that's still in the work of progress. I mean, Jim's might be trying to find what we're best at. I really don't know what the best is. It's, it's kind of like a, especially it, it's so hard with this game too, because we got shredded. So <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I would rather we figure it out now than, in the middle of the year to the end of the year. I mean, we could basically summarize the whole episode in that. I'm I'm glad that we lost now as opposed to down the line. It's good to have these learning moments in the second game of the year as opposed to when it comes up against Duke 
when it comes up against UNC. Because ultimately, when you face those kind of teams, you hope that you got things figured out. You hope you got you know the defense figured out. You hope you got the offense going, the freshman, who is the front runner as the, from the freshman group that everybody's talking about. I hope that it's going to come up to that. You know, I hope that we're able to figure those things out. But I agree with you. I don't see anything right now that I'm like, yeah, the man-to-man is absolutely working things. And obviously, like you said, if it was working, the outcome would have been much different in this Colgate game. But obviously, it isn't. So things were not necessarily working out. I do want to ask you, though. I mean, you're a better basketball mind than I am. Are there any sort of variations of the zone that you think that we should experiment with? Obviously, you're not Jim Beheim. I'm not Jim Beheim, but heck, we could just talk about it. You know, what do you think would uh, would work out there? I mean, honestly, it feels like we're not ready. Like we're not ready to like we could barely handle the three defenses we we sh- we showed Colgate. So I really don't feel like we're ready to change things up. You know, we're we're. Even our man, like we're like we didn't really touch on it too too in depth, but like our man, we were switching and it was creating these insane mismatches. Whether it's on three point shooters or Jesse's on a three point shooter or or Joe's on like a you know six ten center, it's like every aspect of our defense needs to work. And I really don't, I don't know. We we're just not ready to to. We need to really like. So that's kind of like the problem of having like all these defenses switching from man to two three. It's like. You don't really have your bread and butter, your go-to. You don't. You don't can't just focus on one to get really good at. You're like kind of like, you know, putting fifty percent here, fifty percent there, rather than one hundred percent of one, which has worked out in the past, arguably. So, I don't know. It, it's tough. I don't. I don't really know. I do want to uh, touch on, I guess, some of the good things. Uh, Judah was pretty good. He he. Dropped quite a few points, Zach, but like the stat line indicates that he didn't really do too much from that. You know, he had 20 points, four rebounds. He had two turnovers. He had four personal fouls, which is not something that you want out of your point guard. And ultimately, when it comes to your point guard, like you want him to be able to distribute the ball. Obviously, he's a scorer. He's going to create opportunities for himself. But what does it matter if the team is not benefiting, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's undeniable that Jude is a fantastic scorer and he's going to find a way to score. He's going to find a way to get, to get buckets. And unfortunately, this you know great offensive 20-point game for him, which is great for his second game in a, in a Syracuse Uni, is it just falls flat because it comes in this bitter loss to Colgate. And while he is scoring 20 points, it's just like, Obviously, things weren't going well. You know, it doesn't just because he's scoring twenty points. I've, I've, especially from the point guard position, I'd rather see a little bit more assists, a little more ball movement, where more people. It's like it's all about flow. It's like, it, like not to compare this to YMCA game or a pickup game, but like, it's very typical. It's just, it's just hero ball. You know, the leading scorer on one team goes down and scores, and then the leading scorer on the other team goes on scores. There's no like synergy there's this like scoring and in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like some of these stat lines on our team just feels like scoring and it's just kind of like it's just very f- false flat which is very unfortunate for what looks like a great and like i want to give him credit it is a great performance offensively but i think anyone would agree even even judah would be like it falls short because they lost 
Yeah, it really does. I mean, only nine assists in total. I mean, it shows how well Colgate was just, you know, carving us up. And um, there were 24 assists for, for Colgate. I mean, they were moving the ball flawlessly. And it kind of showed the difference in the seniority and the chemistry levels on the team. I mean, it looks like we're just kind of five people out there with that are just trying to score the basket, whereas they are a team that's actually trying to beat the opponent. And that's going to come with time. I mean, this is a young group. We've said that so many times, but at this, you, know, you got to keep reiterating it to yourself and to everybody else that this is a young team. And I don't really know where expect- expectations lie right now, especially after this loss. I think if we had won this game, we would be like, all right, you know, we're a tourney team. We're still like positive 2-0 on the year. But I think after this loss, I don't really know where expectations lie. And I think it's almost, it does a disservice to these players to have the expectations now, especially after this loss, because you have no idea where this year is going to go. It could go any different way. And I don't know about you, Zach, but uh, it could definitely be a rocky road ahead. Taking it day by day, game by game. I feel like that's something Jim would say in a presser. He's like, I don't care about next game. I don't care about last game. I care about today. So that's the mentality we got to go for. Nothing before or in the future matters. And you got to take it by day by day, practice by practice, game by game. And we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we're going to obviously the team, the coaching staff is going to do everything can to get things on track here. And I do want to shift back to our guy, Benny, who was another shining light, a little glimmer of hope in this game. Scoring a career-high 17 points, 8 rebounds, and a team-high and also career-high 38 minutes. He played, obviously, the majority of the game there, which he was. Uh, he looked good. He looked good, and it was good to see him put this under his belt. Obviously, just like Judah, this comes in a loss, so it's very unfortunate that you know this stat line comes at this game. But nonetheless, happy to see the stat line from Benny. It was pretty interesting that Jim is using his guys with the most seniority in moments where it's going to, you know, where, where it's really critical. And Benny was definitely the one that you looked at, obviously, 38 minutes, played the majority of the game. In Jim's presser, he had mentioned that Benny was playing his style of, of game. He was not trying to shoot or anything like that. He was actually trying to be himself and take it to the rim, being the Benny that we have seen glimpses of. And if this is what's to come for the rest of the year, you got to be excited for what you see. I mean, this was definitely one of the uh, few shining moments, few shining uh, performances, I should say, in this game. And I feel like it was it came to a person that definitely deserved it and we had been kind of focusing on for a while because it's nice to like go an episode and not talk bad about Benny and his game and be like, you know, when is Benny going to break out? It seems like hopefully, finally, he's got a bit of a breakout game that he can kind of lean back on. And I know that you're very excited about that, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I hope Benny can take this game, take this confidence and run with it. I mean, obviously, like overall as a team, hope we can take this loss and learn from it. Uh, Judah, last night on Twitter, he retweeted a, a tweet that was a Kobe qu- quote and there was, we don't quit, we don't cower, we don't run. 
we endure and conquer. So I, like so I love that mentality, that mama mentality. And I love that Judah is tapping into the mama mentality. And I think that's a great mindset to have right now. It definitely is. And we definitely need it from the freshmen. I mean, there were no points from any freshman not named Judah. There were seven bench points in total. Only six total players scored in this game. That's not what you need. That's really bad. And uh, in his presser, Zach, I want to mention this real quick. I think that this is a really, really important topic that we need to hit on. Uh, In his presser, Jim had said that there will be change, that there could potentially be changes coming. Uh, A reporter had asked him, you know, if there are going to be changes coming to the starting lineup. And he indicated yes. And this was after he talked about uh, Chris a little bit. So I feel like it's probably needed at this point. Like you said, the leash is very, very short. I want to ask you if you had the decision to put somebody else in there, who would you go with and, uh, and why? I mean, if it's feeling like it's, it's definitely between Quadir or Justin Taylor. I mean, based on who came in first and the minutes played, Quadir is looking like the go-to at this moment, but obviously both Justin and Quadir struggle to a degree. Um, so it's not like anyone's like flying off the bench here with, uh, you know, the highest marks here. That's the clear go to, <laughs> but one of those guys seems like it's, it's going to be their turn to, to take a stab at the starting lineup. And I'm curious though, how soon that will be. Maybe it's, you know, the up, upcoming next game here would be very interesting to see if, if it is indeed then, um, but I mean, also like this could be a good opportunity for Chris, you know, it's got to humble himself a little bit and maybe can blossom into, you know, a great six man off the bench, a great seven man th- man off the bench. And he can, uh, you know, find his flow. He can see the game before he goes in and kind of know, envision what he needs to do. So this could be a great learning opportunity for Chris. And I hope it is because if, when he, if he does lose the starting spot, then he needs to, you know, turn it into a gift. So hopefully he's able to do that. But I think if I have to choose someone at this exact moment in time, I'm gonna think I'm thinking Quadir gets the start at the second time. Yeah, early in the year it seemed like everybody was talking about Quadir and his effort in practice. And I know Jim is a huge practice guy. So if I had to make a, a assumption, it's probably gonna be Quadir. But at the, I mean, you see Chris and you're like, you you know he can do more. Maybe he's a little bit timid. We're not in his head, so we have no idea, but we can only make assumptions. Maybe he's a little bit timid. Maybe he is just getting used to Jim's system. I, I'm not really sure, but you can definitely tell that there's a lot of talent there. And it, it, it kind of, it makes you sad a little bit, Zach, because like he's a great player. He seems like a good guy. It's just, he's not channeling it. It's kind of like Benny all over again from last year. Yeah, it's a bummer, and you hate to see like a, fr- a freshman that you like. You said you could see it in there. You 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 know you can do so much more, and it, that kind of makes it even like more frustrating because you know like how talented and how effective they could be, and it's just like they're not things aren't clicking. Things it's very similar to Benny of last year. It's like man, we we can see it. There's flashes, there's glimpses of just so much talent, and it's a bummer to see s- someone struggle, but just like Benny. You know, he stuck with it. And, you know, now at this, at this rate, we're kind of seeing Benny blossoming from all the all that time of working on his game. And 
it was last year was a dark time for Ben Hampshire. Like I, I feel like if you talked to him about last year, it was it was it was, it was a big wake up call. So maybe that's Chris wake up call as well. I think we need to talk about Benny and ask him about last year and everything and his process going through that because we can see maybe it's like kind of similar. Maybe maybe he could help out Chris a little bit. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's trying to like again. We're not we're not there every day at practice and stuff. So I'm sure that somebody's trying to help him out through it because. It does seem like it's a close group. It seems like they get along really well. Not like there's any drama or anything like that. It just seems like they're not gelled together yet. It seems like it's definitely going to happen soon. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen. And hopefully, Zach, against a, a not great opponent that we got coming up, hopefully that happens. Hopefully they're able to gel together against that yeah it, it just feels like they, they might need a little bit more direction you know, like they're a young team they're still trying to figure things out and i think maybe a little more direction you know this kind of goes back to their leadership but just just in general just a more direction and firm leadership might go a long way with this team especially because there is so much youth in the team and luckily like like you say we have this kind of potentially i mean i guess we can't take anyone light at this moment in time but we do have northeastern <laughs> coming up here so hopefully this is the time where we can change the tides, get back to two and one and feel a little bit better about the orange. Yeah. The next game, like you said, against Northeastern, the tip off time keeps changing. So it's at 5 PM, but it'll probably change. They're Owen three on the year. They've played a couple of close contests. They've had a couple of decent matchups, but nothing too crazy. They just came off a loss to Harvard, who is, who's pretty decent this year. Um, they lost to Providence and they lost to Boston University. I guess my question to you, Zach, because I always ask you, you know, for a preview of this game, what do you want to see? And maybe that's too general of a question, but like there's so much stuff that we need to work on. What is like top of your list right now that we need to absolutely hit on, like for this game? I mean, overall, this is this your get get back on track game. You need to start feeling better about yourself, better about your team, and you know, obviously that is very simply just we got to get a dub here. But in general, that also just means playing better defense. We need to find a good defensive outing game. We need to feel good about our defense. You know, whether that's man-to-man or 2-3 or 1-3-1, whatever it is, we need to feel good about, you know, a stretch of time where we're like, okay, we're, we're still, we can hold our own here. You know, maybe it's not the 2-3 the, the zone that we we know that Syracuse is, you know, famous for, but it, at least it can hold its own. And, it, you know, it's effective. That would be great to see. But in general, I think it's just, we just need to get back on track. We need to do just all the little things and feel good moving on into the rest of our schedule. Obviously, we need to not take this team lightly, but overall, just got to lock in and do everything we can to get that dub. That game is on Saturday, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Saturday the 19th. I think with me, like the defense really needs work. And we kind of saw it in the first game where there were just a couple of mismatches and you kind of thought, you know, this is the first game. Everybody's nervous. It's okay. Second half of that game was definitely a lot better. But this Colgate game, if there's anything to take away from the film and everything like that, it's just you got to fix the defense. And I think... That takes precedent right now over the offense. You can work on the offense. Once everybody gets gelled together, I think it'll be a little bit better. The offense will, but for right now, you definitely need to fix the offense. Or, I'm sorry, fix the defense, and uh, then you can work on the offense. But this game's really important, Zach, because after this, 
We're going to Brooklyn. We're going to the Barclays Center. We're going to be playing Richmond in the Empire Classic. And uh, if we win that game or lose that game, depending on what happens, either play St. John's or, or Temple. But that's the New York games. And we know that with those New York games, Zach, those are against pretty decent competition. And, uh, you know, it's going to be Richmond's two and two on the year. So it's going to be an interesting case of, you know, what are we going to see out of this team? Is it going to be a better gelled together team? You know, what are we going to get? And also a short turnaround as well. Yeah, we've got to have to grow up quickly here. You know, we got to take care of business in Northeastern, you know, recover from this brutal loss. I'm sure like, you know, a lot of the young guys are feeling it and just the team in general is not happy about losing to Colgate again this year. So we got to see if they can bounce back from that. And then, you know, grow up quickly and do a quick turnaround and travel to, to Brooklyn and play in, a, play in the Barclays Center, which obviously like, you know, is kind of like a home field advantage. But in the last few years, we do we have had struggles going down to uh whether it's Barclays or just New York in general. So we got to grow up and hopefully we can uh, get things back on track here. Yeah. If it means anything, uh, Zach and I have gone to two games in New York city. We went to one at MSG and then we went to one in Brooklyn and uh, both games they lost and we are not going to these games, or at least I don't think we are unless we do like a last second trip, Zach, but we're not going to these games, so hopefully that's a good omen. I'm not really sure. Um, and then after that, you get Bryant, and then you get Illinois. So it really starts to kind of ramp up from there. You kind of have to grow up here in a little bit. And I think with this team, with this group, maybe this is beneficial to them. Maybe this loss is going to be good for them in the long run. I don't know. You know, We don't know. We can only speculate, but... Um, Definitely, Zach would rather have it now than uh, later in the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only a few more days until this game. You know, they get. To go, I'm sure they're all you know eager to go back out there and prove that they're better than this Colgate loss. You know, obviously after a loss like that, the next, the first thing you want to do is just go back out there and be like, "Yo, we're, we're better than this." So they have the opportunity against Northeastern to prove that they are, and then like we we mentioned already here, but that quick turnaround and heading down to Brooklyn. So hopefully we can. String along a few dubs here. I'm not sure exactly when we'll 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 be on next, especially with the holiday season coming up. But I'm uh, I'm hopeful and fingers crossed a little bit for this team moving forward here. Real quick, who out of the f- group of freshmen do you want to see have the best game uh, against Northeastern? I mean, I want to see Judah continue to to play well offensively. I'd love to see him also step up in terms of facilitating. But that's I think he's already playing pretty well. If someone needs more love, it's 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 that whether it's Chris or whoever takes a spot, the 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 other freshman in the starting lineup, if it's Chris or whoever takes a spot, my all my love and passion for them to do well is going is going to whoever that is. Yeah, definitely Chris for me. I mean, I feel like he's probably down in the dumps right now. He has not been too productive uh since putting on the orange uniform, and I feel like he needs to definitely uh Get a good game, definitely get a good breakout game. But uh, like we said, like Zach just said, uh, don't know when you will hear from us next. Could be right after the Northeastern uh, game, could be after the Richmond game. You'll hear from us as soon as, uh, I guess you do. I mean, (laughs) you'll hear from us soon. But uh, until then, uh, as always, uh, we will talk to you soon. Let's go Cuse.